welcome to another episode of The Big Question, presented by Friends of Film, a podcasting and in-depth look at a specific related question. On this episode, we'll discuss what are the best directorial debuts of this decade. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Wood, once again joined by Josh Straley. Hello, everybody. Hello, Cooper. There's nothing more touching, heartfelt, interest. there's nothing more interesting than someone's directorial debut. <laughs> it's true. A lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure. It's a new name. It's a new face sometimes. Sometimes it's the same face, but a different title. Sure. Um, John Krasinski, actor-director. Like, didn't see that one coming. Nope. But at the same time, it's like sometimes that's his name. It happens all the time. It happens all the time. <laughs> um, but I directorial debuts are special. Yeah, this is a question you've wanted to have for a while. Is it? I think so. I think it's one you mentioned several, several months ago. And I was I like, we'll put, that, we'll put that on the back burner. I don't remember saying that. <laughs> oh, okay. Then never mind. I don't remember saying half the things on this pod. Sure. So like, you know, sometimes it's just kind of like, did I really feel that way? Like I can get my feeling. My feelings are somewhat consistent. Uh-huh. But like if I feel like they're evolved, I always preface that. But you, like, you know, I could be in some serious trouble later in life. You know, <laughs> if someone gleans through these things, but like I didn't remember saying that. Who knew? Who knew I hated that, them so much? That's just how I felt on that one day. I uh-huh. swear, I changed. I've changed. <laughs> but like, I, I feel like I taper off pretty. I think so. I, you know, my my thought. You can. I like to believe that my thoughts are co-current in some kind of ways. Yeah, I don't think you should really worry about people. Going back through 200 plus episodes of the main show and oh, Big Question goodness. and special episodes to pick out some random thing you once said. That's a good point. I'm a changed man, though. I think. Okay. But if you're looking for like those thoughts, mine are usually on Twitter, but ours are on Twitter as well. I mean, sometimes they're thoughts, sometimes they're news. Mainly. Sometimes they're comments from me because I've forgotten that I'm logged in under the account and then we just have to live with it. Um, but those are on Twitter at Friends in Film. And you can get all of those episodes and specials that Cooper was talking about on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere podcasts can be found. But if you can, on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review us. That'll ultimately help rank us and then we can find more friends of the show. That is correct. And, uh, you know, even though Josh may have inspired this episode and doesn't remember it, uh, the reason we're doing it now is because this coming weekend, as some of you guys are hearing this, Booksmart is hitting theaters wide, uh, which is Olivia Wilde's directorial debut. I've already seen it. And it, it is fantastic. Awesome. Um, maybe we'll talk about it in here. Who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Um, but hopefully there should be a, wit- a written review up for the film by the time you guys are hearing this, as long as, you know, I actually do what I set out to do, which doesn't always happen. Um <laughs> But for the most part, hopefully, I mean, hopefully you it does. usually do. Um, I mean, it felt like that was like kniving me a little bit. No, no, no. That was, I swear that was not. That was, that was, there was no, there was no subtle job. Maybe you should though. Maybe I should. <laughs> I should condone you a little bit and be like, Josh, come on. You said you're gonna I, do those reviews. I, I, I know. Like we actually should get an editor or something like that to be hounded. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up. The I slack. failed you once or twice, and then like after like that, it just sort of became like. There are no consequences. <laughs> yeah, that's true. If, if you don't turn a review from me, there's nothing that's like going to happen. I'm not like, well, Josh, now you're off the podcast. Or Josh, uh, you can't try to write a review again. It's just like. That's what it should be. I should not have first front billing. <laughs> no, I still just say, sure, you can do this. And then if it doesn't get done, it doesn't get done. I don't care. <laughs> I still feel bad. Okay. Well, either ways, uh, these directors that we're going to talk about here should not feel bad because one way or another, they've all made some very, very good directorial debuts. And we are going just off the last decade. So there's plenty of famous directorial debuts across cinema history but as far as we are concerned on this day we are going to talk about 
directorial debuts that were made between 2010 and 2019 with the big question of what are the best directorial debuts of this decade and instead of trying to just like you know cycle through you know dozens of great directorial debuts that have come over these last several years we decided that it'd be best to break these up into categories and then individually choose who is our individual champions of the best directorial debut of that genre. So we are going to start off with the blockbuster slash action genre. Um, and Josh, what is the first candidate you want to throw out for a possible victory in this category? For approval, I would submit the name Chad Stileski um, as the best debut director for John Wick. And David Leach, the co-directors. They're co-directors, John did Chad Stileski and David Leach. I did not know that. But I watched John Wick the other night, uh-huh. Cooper, and Chad Stileski was the only name that popped up on there. Really? Yes. He got sole directorial billing. That's interesting. On that movie. David Leach's name- Is he just a ghost director? I don't know. Maybe. Possibly. He was such a stunt coordinator that- But that's what I've got um, if I need to include David- um, I'm just going to check IMDb. Just not that they're sure the end all be all. It. it does say David Leach uncredited. Interesting. Why is that the case? Why? It, it, yeah. So I want the oral hmm. history of John Wick. Was David not super involved, but also heavily involved? Exactly. <laughs> Could they not get co-director credit for some reason from the DGA? Stileski is the director. Leach is the coordinator. And at a certain point, they just melded and That's know. very fascinating because I never knew that. Chad's the only person on that, um, the Lamont, the Belmont, okay. or whatever you call it. So how do we want to proceed with this? Just, I'm gonna, just Chad? I'm going to give the only... it to Chad. Okay, that's totally fair. But um, we can also put David in quotes. David, David's in, he gets I, a moral victory if they win. A moral victory if they win. Um, I don't, I'm not going to talk about Atomic Blonde. Well, it's not his, is that his directorial debut? That's his directorial that debut. Is. Yeah. I was going to say it was Deadpool it, too, And it was really run with it like that, so... We've seen John Wick. We mm-hmm. talked about it last week on the pod. I think I'm not going to you know, belabor the point anymore. The action just is a power punch. It spawned a, I mean, a cult, but also ultra popular following. Correct. Um, in so many memorable moments. And that's why I think it's one of the best directorial debuts. I am right there with you. It was on my nominee list. So I echo a lot of your sentiments there. Um, I will instead throw out a nomination for the Russo brothers. Joe and Anthony Russo, oh. Captain America, The Winter Soldier is their featured directorial debut. As far as I am aware, I could be wrong about that, but I know that I mean I know they directed you know episodes of Community yes. or, or Arrested Development shows they created. But as far as features go, the uh, second entry in this franchise for Marvel Studios is their, their directorial debut, and for a lot of people, I believe yours included, um, they made the best entry of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So um, to have that sort of an acclaim to your name so early on with your first film to pull off the action, the uh, political thriller aspects of this as well. Um, but I think that's just a, a great accomplishment for these brothers to um, do. So I think the Russo brothers are very worthy to be included in this category, obviously because they went on to do several other bigger <laughs> films along the way. So they really found their roots and their strengths here in this film and went on to have great success. Yeah, that's really good. That's interesting on in so many ways. That is their featured day. Ooh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Are they well, disqualified? They're, I don't know. That's interesting. When they come together and direct, is that? Hmm. 
did they direct something individually before then? Well, there's me, you, and Dupree. Oh, that's right. I totally forgot about that movie. That's okay. I did too. Even though it's a fine movie. And their co-director's not, so I guess my nomination's off the board. Dang it. Well, I didn't see it there. I actually felt guilty for not getting them I on know. my list for a moment. Well, instead of them, then I guess I will throw a nomination to Tim Miller. Yes. The director of Deadpool. I have on my list as well. Great. So we're two for two if you eliminate my, my faux pas. <laughs> uh, but Tim Miller uh, steps on after being a visual effects uh, supervisor and running yeah. a production house that way um, into the superhero genre once again, taking a mid-budget um, superhero movie with Deadpool starring Ryan Reynolds and completely gets that character, does the great action and makes it mm-hmm. look phenomenal um then also balances that with the humor and the tone and it was a really great way of subverting a lot of expectations with that comic book movie genre and uh is a great directorial debut and makes me more excited for terminator dark fates because of his attachment yes 1000 percent there with you but i'm going to toss out a name now that you will appreciate Uh west ball yes um for the maze runner trilogy really but for the Maze Runner movie specifically, um, where he made his directorial debut, which is wild, mm-hmm. or his feature directorial yes. debut, um, the this movie is like good, and that's really all you can say. It's very like, good. I think the second and third ones, which I have now seen, are better. So, do you think they get better as they go along? They get better as they go. Okay, but for just leaping off into a high budget teen novel franchise that mm-hmm. is widely read and decently liked yeah. by all um, and taking it and turning it into something compelling that's a little bit dark but also you know still that fun for the family teen action adventure movie or not fun for the family but yeah. close to the family for the most part it is done extraordinarily well um, Thomas Brady Singer is a part of it and I love that kid so yeah, Dylan O'Brien he's like 30 though so he's not is really he really kid. he's like old wow yeah he looks great <laughs> he's, yeah he's that's off for you it's like one of those Michael J. Fox situations <laughs> right. where you're like is he 18 no he's actually 32 right. oh, oh wow okay fascinating um, so yeah those are West Ball's also on my list uh, even though I I agree with you that the movies have gotten better to a certain degree where I think the third one is the best one, but I think I'd go three, one, two in their, in my rankings of them. Um, but, uh, do you have any other nominees in the blockbuster action? Don't have any. Neither do I. So we're three for three. So we have the same nominees. That is great. I also feel like this is an obvious winner. Yes. Of Chad Stahelski. Absolutely. So you can't watch those movies and not think they're redefining action. No. It, 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 John Wick in it is, it is It is impossible. I mean, what they do with Kung Fu and everything, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. 1,000%. So Chad Stahelski is our uh, unanimous winner of the blockbuster action best directorial debut of the decade. So, Chad, if you're out there listening, I know you are. Probably not. Um, congratulations. Uh, now, on to sci-fi fantasy. Uh, this one, I will kick this off by throwing out a name that I'm, I'm a big fan of. I, know, I think you're a big fan of as well, this guy. Alex Garland. Yeah. with Ex Machina in 2014. Uh, the runner-up for our best sci-fi film of the decade uh, bracket that we uh, went through over the earlier parts of this year. Mm-hmm. So we've sung Alex Garland's praises many a times, obviously. We think that movie's that great. Yes. And it is just phenomenal what he did with his directorial debut. So Ex Machina and Alex Garland had to be in here. thousand percent. Like, I can, I can, I can you know, join in he did it with a very small cast but also like they were like basically like on the 
verge of like every one of them was on the verge of breaking big. Yes. So it was also like stars aligning in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. um, but making a nuanced um, and very layered film there. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and dive with basically, you know, a crowd favorite and maybe we'll be a crowd favorite come next summer. But Dan Trachtenberg is my okay next name on this sci-fi fantasy directorial debut. Um, he jumped in with, 10 Cloverfield Lane mm-hmm. back in 2016. Correct. Um, after doing Star Wars, or no, after not doing Star Wars, <laughs> um, but tied to Bad Robot, obviously, and J.J. Abrams quietly releasing the follow-up to that Matt Reeves film. Um, and after having only done commercials and one Portal short film, um, Dan makes a very twisty but gr- semi-grounded like sci-fi slash horror thriller it Uh kind of bends around genres but it's the end of it is ultimately science fiction and i feel like we're gonna have we're gonna run into an issue here that's the the, the, surprisingly uh when you mentioned the mixture of genres i had it listed under horror thriller which is the next category um but i because I feel like it's more of a th- it's more of a thriller than it is a sci-fi film. Mm-hmm. Um, but that Cloverfield moniker is what like, true. leads you that's, into that's that. very true. And the, the ending is all sci-fi. It's it's not horror. It's not thriller. It is yeah. all sci-fi. So I I think I think you are correct and that Tank Cloverfield Lane and Dan Trachtenberg are totally viewed belong in the sci-fi fantasy category. That's okay. Well, that, that's where I would put it. I agree. Um, now that you've talked me into it. Only, but only in like hindsight. Like you can only arrive to that conclusion after you've seen it. Mm-hmm. But the movie's marketing, it's sort of in a different way. The movie's marketing yes. says, sci-fi. And yeah. then you get there and you're like, John Goodman's crazy. And- Where's the sci-fi? And then you're like, there's the sci-fi. There it is. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. And so, but you forgot about it a little bit. Yeah, it's just the, it's the marketing, I mm-hmm. think, that gets me to that point with not the movie itself, but the movie itself also anyway <laughs> who do you have uh next up i will mention joe cornish yes attack the block mm-hmm. uh the breakout movie for john boyega but also for joe cornish that's why we're mentioning him here uh great sci-fi film with uh, a nice uk blend in there great young cast uh and does a lot with a little this movie clearly does not have a huge budget but it does make its monsters and its aliens effective and it is uh, a lot of fun there's a lot of sci-fi elements to it uh and I think Joe Cornish does a really good job of just establishing what this vision is, what the tone is, what these characters are, and then running with it uh, for the hour 40-ish runtime of this movie. And uh, it's wildly successful with doing that. So Joe Cornish is my next nominee. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, all right. So I'm going to follow that up with one quick name. It's not really that prestigious, but I think it still needs to be mentioned. Okay. And we've got to talk about Duncan Jones's Moon. which is very small, but also, I think, doing a lot with a little and extraordinarily good because of that. Yeah, I did not... I mean, it just slipped my mind or whatever. Tail in 2009. It's a year that's very forgettable. Oh, so wait, so it's 2009? Right. So aren't we not including 2009 films? I thought we were. I thought we were not. I thought we were going 10 to 19. Oh. (laughs) I thought we said we should do straight 10 years. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Because then that would also um, allow Neil Blomkamp's District yes, 9 Yes, which would definitely be, be in my, my um, list as well. Ruben Fletcher's Zombieland. Oh. 
And so, if you'd like to toss those I, back I, in there. I, I don't care. We, we'll just, we, we, we we'll can have just, those as honorary we'll just, nominees. We'll just strike that out. <laughs> I'm sorry if I just ruined your list. No, you did not. Uh, because we didn't, weren't clear enough uh, beforehand, which is totally fine. Um, I will next nominate Chronicle. Sci-fi, oh, yeah, fantasy, yeah, yeah. I think it fits that mold. Josh Trank's directorial debut before he kind of went off the deep end uh, with Fantastic Four and losing you know, Boba Fett movie along the way and everything. But uh, I really like this movie. It's got a great young cast, and Josh Trank does a really nice job of figuring out how to do another new twist on the superhero genre um, by having these young kids get superpowers but then figure out what do, what would they do. Having the nice... Um, uh, uh, trick to have a to have Dane DeHaan's character always be videotaping, so then yeah. you have this very fluid, always mm-hmm. changing camera. Um, I think that's a really great way to make it look like a like a you know like a live document, uh, like like they're documenting what's actually happening. And uh, I just think it's a really inventive uh, superhero film that you know is surprising. It's dark, uh, it's funny, great young cast with Dane DeHaan and Michael B. Jordan, and uh, I hope Josh Trank can return to this form one day. It it is the last found footage movie mm-hmm. that I can stand. <laughs> I think that I think that's the best way to say that. Um, I tried to watch that Phoenix movie that came oh, out the yeah. other day. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But you're absolutely right. That part of Chronicle is exceptional. Like especially to just like the idea of having grounded kids obtaining superpowers mm-hmm. and like what they go about doing them with it. It's very dark and very cool. I dig it. Uh, so do you have any other nominees for I this category? Don't, I didn't feel like I like jumped on Joe Cornish enough, though. I feel like I got okay, distracted sure. by something right after that. <laughs> and so, yes, I just want to reiterate, Joe Cornish does so much with so little um, and gave us John Boyega. So we have to love him for that. Uh, the only one I want to mention here quickly, uh, it loosely fits into this. I mean, it's a fantasy film. It's also animated. Travis Knight for Kubo and Two Strings. Mm. I think because he is still heavily involved with like animation, making this his directorial debut. You see what he did with Bumblebee, keeps his own spin on that as well. And uh, I think it's just a really nice directorial debut, like that does a lot with a little once again. So, uh, as far as your champion of this category goes, Josh, where does it go? I think I just go ahead and give it right out to um, Alex Garland. Agreed. Because, I mean, it gave us him from one, and then very number two. Um, often sci-fi movies aren't directorial debuts in a mm-hmm. lot of ways especially of this quality and this caliber yeah and he followed up with annihilation and it's hard to say anything bad about that yep and i mean unless until somebody proves that he actually did ghost direct dread and get give him an actual credit mm-hmm. on the film which is totally possible i could see that being the case um i also will agree with ex machina with ox garland getting the win here in the sci-fi fantasy category which moves us then to horror thriller uh, which for me, I know we talked about this beforehand, Josh, is a very competitive category, and you're not as inclined to believe so? I mean, it, it could, could be competitive. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Uh-huh. There's a lot of great directors out there. But it came down to like seriously considering and like fighting over <laughs> it. I mean, there are three names that you're going to talk about, and that should really be all. All right, well, who's the first one? Who's I the think fir- the obvious one? There's the first and the obvious one, and we'll get to him. But I'll just go jump down okay. to um, Robert Eggers. Okay. Um, he did The Witch, mm-hmm. which is this really inventive, I think kind of kicked off this new horror, you know, area that we're in. Um, the witch is innovative, where it takes horror from a different angle and starts to run with it. I mean, it's a it's a twenty four. I believe so. Yeah. And I think this is what got them 
you know, involved in this experimental thing. And then the reason I'm jumping to him first is because I believe he sets up who is ultimately going to be our category winner. Um, but we will see. So, but Robert Geigers, he's got the new um, A24 film, mm-hmm. The Lighthouse, out soon. Robert Pattinson. Yep. The other guy. And Willem Dafoe. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, who's also in the first John Wick, as I forgot. He is. Yeah, that's always such a weird thing when I watch that movie. Like, oh, yeah. Willem he's Dafoe, in here, and he's great. Right there. He's just, like, cleaning up after John Wick's yeah. messes, too. So good. I love when he just, like, barely misses him to warn him that Adrian Plicky's coming mm-hmm. in. So good. Um, I will mention, since we're not going to, I guess we're going to skip the the, the main guy Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, like, at the start. Uh, I will throw it to uh, a nomination for uh, a niche Shiganti, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the director of Searching last year, one of the breakout films of the year, uh, a really, really exciting, well done uh, directorial debut where he captures the, you know, it's all done on the screen, that gimmick that you would think, oh, you know, he's just doing this because, you know, you can with technology, but also it's cheap and whatever, uh, but he actually makes it really effective and a really good way to tell up this uh, mystery story, the thriller story, and you know, even though I think it, there's some moments where the, that aspect of the movie can be a little contrived. But well, would this really be happening? So you can have a screen at this location. Mm-hmm. Fine, whatever. I'll, I'll accept it for this reality. Um, but for the most part, I think he does a really good job setting you up emotionally within the first five minutes um, to really under, get the gut punch that you need, and then to see how that relationship between the father and daughter, you know spirals from that point on is so good had there not been a murder in that movie i would say that's a great like award-winning drama right more than anything because of like the family elements mm-hmm. that play into it yeah really good really good um i'm not gonna jump on your guy so i'm gonna go to my guy um ari aster uh-huh. definitely i mean he listen he had done some short films before but his first feature debut hereditary just this last year was phenomenal um, you can read my review of it on friendsandfilm.wordpress.com. Yes, it's the one I actually completed. <laughs> um, and he just sort of brings slow suspense and dread, but pairs it with, like I said, this new A24 aspect of the horror is in something else. Mm-hmm. But then again, it's also in everything, in, <laughs> in the horror aspects, the paranormal aspects that get um, injected in the movie um, right up near its conclusion. But it just really blew him up and he's now got midsummer which has gone its way up very very soon and so we're going to be hearing that man's name there a lot for the near future i think i believe so as well Unless, so. you know it turns out he's like a weirdo or something <laughs> yeah like yeah we don't one, know too a one much. hit wonder somehow or no just like creepy uh-huh. we'll find you never out. know right. uh <laughs> hopefully that's not the case though uh but i, I believe the, when you said my guy the man you're um, you know, hinting at is Dan Gilroy yes, for yeah, Nightcrawler. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the movie is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite movies of the last several years. Uh, great performance from Jake Hall, but also Dan Gilroy as the director does a really great job of establishing, again, the tone, running with it, executing its story, uh, making it extremely compelling, but also making it like, you know, are you supposed to like Jake Hall's character? You're not supposed to like him? Is he cool? Is he weird? Mm-hmm. You don't know how to really take him at first. Right. And uh, I think that's a really difficult balance to strike. And that's partially because of Jake Gyllenhaal, but it's also partially thanks to Dan Gilroy. And uh, it's a phenomenal film and should have been an Oscar-nominated movie as well. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and should, should have gotten Jake Gyllenhaal his Oscar nomination. Yes. Did he get nominated for it? No. No, he did not. Well, I wouldn't nominate him for it either. I mean, what? I, w- I would, but like, if I was an Oscar voter, I wouldn't. 
What that makes sense? No, it doesn't make. Why, why would you nominate him and then say, "Well, if I if I was in, if I had the power to, I wouldn't do it." Because if I was an Oscar voter, I would be a different person <laughs> who would not nominate him. Okay, that makes sense. No, kind of. Okay, not at You're all. You're losing. Well, me. that is all I have for this category. I think those were the only like Other serious lower tier contenders. Do you, who do you else have? Are you not meant like? Are you saying oh, other we'll, than? We'll get to we'll get to the king. Oh, okay. you know, In a moment. Okay, okay. But let's get through some of the. So the some other names I, I I threw down. Uh, Joel Edgerton for the gift. That's right. uh, Never saw really it. really creepy and eerie thriller with great performances from Joel Edgerton from other people. Jason Bateman. <laughs> Jason Bateman. Yes, and is that, uh, right? that is right. Jason nice. Bateman's in there, and then uh, what's her name? She was in Iron Man 3, and she was in uh, Professor Margin and the Wonder Woman. Uh, Rebecca Hall? Yes. I, I'm terrible at Dame today for some reason. Um, but yeah, all three of them are great in the movie. Uh, it's very, very creepy. So go check that out if you haven't already. Um, like Josh, and then also Cabin in the Woods, Drew Goddard's directorial debut. Uh, I think is an honorable mention here as well. I don't think I would vote for it for the mm-hmm. win here, but it is really good at having a horror thriller vibe and also being a comedy and so it's maybe those difficult movies to categorize it's yeah it's sci-fi fantasy maybe sure. too if you go by off of our um bracket from march yeah. for sure that's true but i feel like by the end it's like but you it, know yes it, or it starts horror thriller or it ends kind of horror thriller uh but campy so it's it's a difficult more movie to categorize but need to be in here i felt like uh for drew goddard's sake but also david f sandberg for lights out um i thought was a really fun uh horror movie seen it i have seen it yeah i checked out before shazam oh i didn't know that yeah i thought i thought i mentioned that on the pod but maybe not think so it's possible then again maybe i wasn't listening (laughs) maybe but no i think uh lights out again it has a very simple premise but it's also very effective in getting you know the job done with what it has so uh and then the last guy here, the one we've kind of been avoiding. I don't really mm-hmm. know why, but you wanted to do this. I wanted him for to last. tell a story about A24. Okay. It began with Robert Eggers bringing this new kind of story. And then that allowed us to have Ari Aster later. But what really <laughs> created this you know, this idea that it could be more is Jordan Peele's directorial debut, Get Out. That's right. Which said, this has potential, but also it can be many things, you know? Mm -hmm. And Get Out is that social thriller. It gave us later Us, which is even more dynamic of a movie. Um, But, I mean, come on. Get Out in every, all of its facets Mm -hmm. is fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think of the cast. David... Dan, David Dan. I have no idea. Uh, uh, I I told you I'm terrible at names today. Kaluuya, something Daniel Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya, Thank <laughs> you. Um, terrific. Um, but then like also Bradley, Bradley uh, Whitford, Allison Williams. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and uh, the breakout star of the film, the Keith Stanfield. Well, man. well, Keith Stanfield. Yes, but I was thinking of his airport buddy played by Lil Ray Howery. Lil Ray yes. Uh, Great cast, and then yeah, Jordan Peele, what he's able to do is. Phenomenal. I can get Lil Ray Howery's name, but Daniel <laughs> right? Kaluuya, exactly. I, somehow like miles better on all it's, sense. It's just, it's just one of word. those weird days where you can't pull the information you want to pull, but you get something like that. Which no offense to you, Lil Howery, you were great in uh, Uncle Drew. He's <laughs> so, great in Uncle Drew. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jordan. What about, what about his Bird Box role? I forgot he was in that. Wow. But it's really disrespect. There's like so many people, like Rosa Salazar is in Bird Box for like five seconds. You're like, why did you do this? But I guess like she had a whole subplot that was cut. <laughs> um, 
Oh yeah, doesn't she like? She like runs off with Machine Gun Kelly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> After yes. they make out once, and it's like they're gone. <laughs> you yeah. Never see them again. Whatever. Who cares? That movie. I don't know if it's even that whoever directed that, it's the director debut, but they are not on this list. So, um, But Jordan Peele, we're saving him for last, probably because we're both going to call him the winner of this uh, category. I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, as much as I love Nightcrawler and was, like I'm tempted to go Dan Gilroy, not that their future follow-ups have any effect, but Jordan Peele's direct follow-up to Get Out with us is more effective than Dan Gilroy's uh, Roman last two follow-ups J. were. Israel Esquire. <laughs> and even Velvet Buzzsaw. So, uh, you know... Uh, Jordan Peele, Get Out is an Oscar-nominated movie. Nightcrawler's not. Not that, that, again, makes a difference. But, yeah, Jordan Peele, a lot of good work in Get Out. We'll move on then to the uh, independent slash other category, which we're throwing in dramas or movies that we're not totally sure how to categorize. But uh, from the start, I'm going to start with a very recent movie. Last year, got nominated for a lot of Oscars. At one point, it was an Oscar frontrunner, it seemed like, for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, mm-hmm. Best Everything. A Star is Born yes. with Bradley Cooper behind the camera and in front of the camera as well. Um, but this specifically was a, well, it was again, like, wait, what? Bradley Cooper, the director? Nah, it'll be fine. And then, no, it was like one of my favorite movies of last year with the execution of the story, the romance between him and Gaga, but also then how they staged a lot of the musical performances was excellent. Uh, I really just fell in love with this movie and uh, Bradley Cooper, A Star is Born. Yeah, absolutely. That's the name I have on the list, too. Um, wasn't sure where to drop it, mm-hmm. so any drama, perfect. Independent, just, it's just really about budget at this point. Right. But I really think that's where we got that at. Um, I'm going to go ahead and then jump in with Greta Gerwig and Lady Bird. Okay. I wasn't sure if this would go under comedy. comedy. Okay, yeah, same here, same here, same here, same here. But my winner for comedy is different. Okay. <laughs> and so, like, and I, I mean, yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen here at this category. I, I am open. I'm, I'm, I'm fine moving Lady Bird into indie drama. I, just because it was, its budget was like, that's kind of independent. Sure. Not really build as okay. comedy as so much as, like, story of a, yeah, yeah, it's, I a, guess it's, a, coming, it's a coming of age story. It is too. Maybe it should be moved. Let's go ahead and just move that down. We'll move there. it down. Okay, so down we'll, 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 we'll wait on Lady Bird. So what else do you got? Well, what else I have is also Boots Riley. Um, this is definitely an indie movie, but it's for his. Sorry to bother you. Yes. Starring Lakeith Stanfield with Tessa Thompson, also with my Walking Dead main man Cooper. Say his name. <laughs> I was waiting to see if you're going to get it. Stephen Young. Thank you. Why am I just losing it uh, um, all day today? We're just losing it as we get closer to the Game of Thrones finale. Which, I think so. As of this recording, we have not seen yet, so no. No spoilers. No spoilers. Even though we will have seen it by the time We're it not out. taking callers. That's what we're saying. <laughs> Don't call in. Exactly. But anyway, the movie is uses some really awesome and entertaining um, plot devices and like just outright wackiness it was very that wacky. make it very just, just pops in your head and it's unforgettable and if boots wanted to do whatever boots wants to do next is working on doing next um it's something to watch out for that's for sure okay uh i will throw out uh how about ryan coogler yes for mm-hmm. fruitvale station uh again it's it's his tutorial debut with uh michael b jordan so it starts their pairing but it's about michael b jordan um playing this young kid kind of out of a job but then there's police brutality and racism and there's a lot of heavy thematic elements to this film um and ryan coogler tackles them all head on and does them uh tremendously with the execution that he has here it really 
um, established him as a character-driven storyteller that he goes on to bring that to larger, you know, you know, stories in the future. But mm-hmm. for his uh, beginning with Fruitvale Station, I think he knocks it out of the park. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but how about Bo Bergdahl for eighth grade? Bo Burnham? Bo Burnham. Thank you. Another one. I wasn't sure if that was this or comedy. Interesting. Interesting. His but like the budget is the thing that like the, I, okay towards there. But let's just go. I'm just gonna go ahead and axe that and send <laughs> that to comedy. I mean, I don't. It's not gonna win the category for comedy, but you know. We'll so about what about what about indie? Uh, do you have any other? Those are all I have. Those for are all. Indie. <laughs> I got yeah. rid. I got rid of your other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. What about uh, Aaron Sorkin? Molly's Game. Yeah. You're not a fan of that anymore. He's basically been a. It's just like it's one of those things where like he's he's done better. He's been better. Molly's game is good. It's just. Yeah, I don't know. It's not worthy of consideration. It's okay. not one of the best. It's okay. Not a, it's not the best directorial. Fair enough. Here. Fair enough. Uh, I will throw out just some honorable mentions here, and then I have one final one that I really want to get to. Uh, Jan Demange for seventy one. Uh, really good. Uh, war drama with. Um, again, I'm blanking on the guy's name. But he was in Unbroken and up for Batman at one point, supposedly. And uh, he, it's a really, really good... Jack O'Connell. Jack O'Connell. Yeah, jeez. It's just one of those days, folks, I guess. Um, but yeah, really good movie. Go check it out. Also, Bart Layton last year for American Animals. A heist movie starring Evan Peters and a bunch of other people. And that's very effective as well. As well as Garth Davis for Lion. Uh, came out in 2016. That was Dev Patel and that really cute right. young kid. Um, that was a really... Um, I think heartwarming and uh, you know effective story that he told there. So I was very impressed with him there. But the one I want to get to is uh, Ingrid Goes West, Matt Spicer. Uh, oh, yeah. That is his retorted debut. It's, again, one of those movies that not a lot of people have seen, but I've championed uh, since the first time I saw it because it really blew me away. I think he does such a good job of giving this great aesthetic to the film, but also bringing terrific performances out of Aubrey Plaza and Elizabeth Olsen and uh, uh, Wyatt O'Russell mm-hmm. and uh, my main man, Billy Magnuson, uh, and even uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr. Yes. is in here. So yep. there's so many good performances in here. He does such a good job directing it and telling the story that's topical and finding a nice way to edit it all together and you know bring in you know your Snapchat, your Instagram feeds, all this kind of stuff. Uh, really effective, really great. And he's my last nomination. Okay, awesome. But as far as a winner goes, I feel like of the bunch, my gut turns over to Ryan Coogler. I feel. And I don't know if it's success bias. Yeah. But the the fact Fruitvale Station is really compelling. Mm-hmm. Um, it takes a very, very complicated subject matter. I mean, it's not even, not even so much comp. It takes a comp what we perceive as a complicated complicated subject matter, simplifies it and delivers a punch of empathy. Bradley Co- the reason I'm feeling really like Bradley Cooper is like my runner up here uh-huh. and the reason I'm not really going to give a nod to it is because th- the man is basically basically, you know, being brought along by Lady Gaga the entire time. <laughs> she's secretly and directing this movie. <laughs> she's not secretly directing this movie, but at the same time it's just like I don't know, I don't know if this is Bradley, but I know this is Lady Gaga. Okay. And Maybe it's just my like big movie budget <laughs> bias, but that's where I'm landing. Okay, so you're gonna you go feeling? with Ryan Coogler. Yeah. I I think I'm gonna go with Bradley. I think it's of the bunch. Um, even though I have a really soft spot for Ingrid Goes West, I just feel like I feel like Bradley is more deserving of this win mm-hmm. of best indie drama musical, whatever you want to categorize this category as. Yeah. Uh, miscellaneous. 
I feel like he's I feel like he's the one and we have since we've seen what Raikou goes on to do it is kind of a lot cooler to look back like wow he started with this very small personal drama and went on to direct like Creed maybe the best entry of that Rocky franchise and then Black Panther one of the best entries of the MCU we haven't seen what Bradley Cooper can do next where he'll evolve from this point on but I think it's still a very very solid start for his directorial career if he continues to pursue that which fingers crossed you will yeah fair enough so we'll split here for the first time yes um, and move on to our last category romantic uh, slash comedies and so we've already talked about semi two of your choices which yes. are also the two that I had at the top of my entry points mm-hmm. so Lady Bird yes with Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig. Saoirse Ronan um, Abby the co-star Kierkegaardner star of Booksmart um, uh, I'm blowing it so am I. Be- Bernie Feldstein? Bernie Feldstein, thank Beanie you. Beanie Feldstein? Not Bernie. <laughs> Beanie Feldstein, I'm pretty sure it's her name. Thank you. Anyway, that movie is so warm and heartfelt. And, like, it just it feels like a warm hug the entire time. Like, there's no part of it that just, see, like, you know, goes beyond, get, gets beyond itself. Mm-hmm. You just really feel the emotion and everything that Lady Bird's going through, especially if you're from like a town that feels or a place that feels like it's disconnected from the world in some kind of way. Um, And it's just very easy to identify with. And so that's why, I mean, one of my faves. Yeah. uh, Greta Gerwig just nails capturing those things. Well, I mean, it helps that it's loosely based on her life. Yeah, exactly. Like the parts uh, that she wrote in, it just feels so personal and, you know, heartfelt. Yeah. You really feel that. And then, on the flip side, Bo Burnham with eighth grade, uh, really again a, a personal story that I think anybody can relate to of being this awkward kid mm-hmm. <laughs> at a young age. You don't fit in. You're trying to learn how to grow up, but then you also don't maybe probably shouldn't want to grow up that fast. Um, and I think just the situations that he continues to put, uh, you know, the lead character in uh, is is you know gut wrenching to watch at certain points. You're like, no, no that brings back bad uh-huh. memories or right. that uh, is just a very uncomfortable situation to be in altogether, even though I've never experienced that. Um, and it's, it's so effective in that way. Um, it gets a really good performance out of Elsie Fisher as well. So uh, to see Bo Burnham step up and step behind the camera and deliver something like this, uh, it's, it's a really special movie. Um, and yeah. Anything to say about eighth grade? All those things. Okay. Plus some, <laughs> it just, it just reminds you and brings it to your attention in a, in a, in a, in a very sympathetic and empathetic way. Um, kids stop becoming just like, ugh, and then become like, that's a person, mm-hmm. you know? And so there's that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and nominate Kay Cannon. Yes. Blockers. Mm-hmm. Kay Cannon has worked her butt off for years and years, starting in 2005 with 30 Rock, and has just, I mean, deserves to be a high-profile comedy director action director like she just deserves to have her name everywhere and it's it's so good to see her have a successful or at least yeah successful i don't know blocker's budget or box office numbers but it was funny and that's all that mattered i mean to me anyway yep and she deserves more projects absolutely uh she was on my list as well as kelly freeman craig edge of 17 Mm -hmm. Great performance from Haley Steinfeld, um, but I think Kelly Freeman Craig again, her ability to capture 
the high school lifestyle um, and being this awkward teen, but then trying to find your place and growing up and the dynamics that are played between her and her best friend played by Haley Lou Richardson, her best and her uh, older brother played by Blake Jenner. Uh, it is, it is really a great coming of age tale. That's also incredibly funny. So uh, Kelly Freeman Craig gets my nomination here or one of them at least. Totally agree. Um, that is all I have. Okay. I will throw out a couple just quick ones here. I think are worthy of nominations. Uh, Jason Moore for Pitch Perfect. I think that first picture movie is a lot of fun. He does a really good job directing that, as does Jeff Tomsick for Tag, a movie that, again, I just, I, I've just i kind of fell in love with, I think, uh, last year. Cause I just, for some reason, this movie I, I just continue to go back to because it's so, so, so it funny. It was unbelievably better than it had any right to be. Exactly. You would just, like, that premise, the fact that it's even a true story is mind-blowing, um, and that yeah, I think the execution with that cast is off the charts. But I also want to end it here with the reason we're doing this topic Olivia Wilde, Booksmart. I think she is worthy of being in consideration for the best directorial debut in the romantic comedy genre of the last decade. But I haven't seen Booksmart. How do I do that? But like, listen, <laughs> I don't I'm, know. I'm following on the K Cannon train. Okay. Um, because I just love block blockers wholeheartedly. Uh huh. It's whip smart. It's funny, but it's also heartfelt and empathetic. And you know, getting all that into comedy as well as like maintaining like a like getting getting like the cheap elements with like you know the like the high-minded stuff or not high-minded but just like a little bit more um what's the word a little more witty uh-huh it's a perfect blend and that's where i'm gonna go with that okay um yes yeah, so i'm not it's it's tough because i feel like book smarts me that's going to age very very well for me mm-hmm. but it's only been uh five days yeah six days no, not even that. It can't have been that. 48 it's, it's, hours. It's been, it's been three days. Not Yeah, not even three days. Two days. Uh, so it's tough to automatically proclaim Olivia Wilde. Boom. You, you are the best. You have the best rectoral debut in the comedy, you know, romantic genre of the last 10 years. But it's very, very close. Bert Beanie Feldstein's great in it. Uh, it has just a terrific, terrific young cast that is just like all bound to blow up with Caitlin Dever. Um, a appearance from in a role from Billy Lord that I didn't know she, this was her in the movie. And no. after I learned that this was the fact kind of blew my mind, uh, because I haven't really seen her in anything other than like, you know, her very small roles in the star Wars films. Yeah. And it is such a wild <laughs> performance from her. Uh, there, you know, people from Skylar, uh, Gizondo, uh, Lisa Kudrow, uh, Molly Gordon, Will Forte, Jason, uh, Sudeikis, Diana Silvers, um, Jessica Williams. I mean, there's a lot of people who you may not know, Noah Galvin, um, Mixed with, you know, some of those other names like, you know, Kudrow and Forte and Sadiqis, um, who really shine. But, like, the young cast here, I just want them all to just have, like, breakouts and, like, do their own thing. One of the girls is going to be the, is the star of Ma. Um, so she's already kind of moving on to oh, her next thing awesome. as well. So uh, I cannot wait to see what all these people do, especially Olivia Wilde. Um, but I think because it's still so fresh, I don't want to automatically give her this title. I want to, you know you know, sit on this a little bit. And, you know, since I've sat on edge of 17 for, you know, two years now, I feel like that is my choice. Okay. For fair Kelly enough, Freeman fair Craig. Enough. And I still believe Kelly Freeman Craig does not have her next follow-up film yet, which is um, crazy. Yeah. That is to nuts. say the least like that Hollywood. Why are you just, you know, letting her just like waste away, <laughs> like do something. <clears throat> Sexism maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, she's a writer on Scoob, so <laughs> she's doing something. No clue what that is. It's the you know animated you know Scooby Doo movie. 
Oh, well, that's good. I guess. I mean, it's a job. Yeah, she's just one of two credited screenwriters. I don't like. I don't care. Like, yeah, it has Zac Efron, Gene Rodriguez, Mark Wahlberg, Amanda Seyfried, Jason Isaacs, McKenna Grace, Ken Young, Will Forte, Kirsty Clemens, and Tracy Morgan you, as the cast. You had me at Tracy Morgan. Uh, so the, at the very end, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like it's got a great cast, sure, but like, come on, like it's an anime movie, and she's dying like like a soul, like you know. And this is my vision. Like, come on, <clears throat> like, give Kelly Freeman Craig. Her own new story. Some careers wind and twist, but yes, this is objectively nuts that she does not have another movie on the way. But so we're going to split these last two categories. Totally fine. Um, so just to run through, we both gave Chaz Tahelski the win for Blockbuster Action. We both gave Alex Garland the win in Sci-Fi Fantasy. Both gave Jordan Peele the win in Horror Thriller. I gave Bradley Cooper the win in the Independent Drama category. You gave it to Ryan Coogler. I gave it to Kelly Freeman Craig in the romantic comedy genre, and you gave it to Kay Cannon. Mm-hmm. So those are our choices. Um, and again, these are just the movies that we have seen in each of these categories. So there's probably some you know movies out there we have not, or maybe we didn't forget, or maybe we don't like as much as you do. Or so I just don't wanna. <laughs> right, that's true. So uh, you know, if you guys once you guys have listened to all this, uh, be sure to send us your. Uh, picks for these categories based on our selections but also if we miss somebody send us those recommendations so we can go check out these films maybe uh you know rethink these uh these winners you know in our own minds we're not going to redo the episode or anything but we'll rethink it internally um but in the meantime be sure to tell us your thoughts on everything covered by show stuff the film and you can follow me personally on twitter at movie cooper and you can get to meet josh and just joshua ryan and if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe share retweet and more plus head to iTunes and give us a five star review with comments that's why i enjoyed listening to the show thanks again for tuning into the friends home podcast josh good grief thomas brody sanger is 29 years old and on that note be sure to check next week for more information on thomas brody sanger and our new episodes